What up, what up, film fans? This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 74. 74. This episode, we'll be reviewing the Batman and Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Something uh, about the metaverse, whatever yeah. fuck. It's good. They got In it. the multiverse of madness. Yes, thank you. Madness. Absolute madness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miss Pettis, welcome back. So good to see you. Yes, 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 yes. We are back in our Harlem studios doing our thing. Yes. Mr. Chauncey on the wheels of steel. Thank you, Chauncey. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. Exactly. Without a stiff drink to sip to. Sip to. Sip to. Sip to. (laughs) Ficky, 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 ficky. Cheers to that. Yes. Sorry, guys. Technical problems, COVIDs, what are we going to do? But we're here. The we're world back. is what it is, and, and we're back, and we're here. Thanks for listening. What are we going to drink today, Tawana? Um, I'm already started, by the way. I, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So so here's the thing. I, I want to get rid of some of my beer, and there's some good ones in there. Yes. And I want to make sure that I am paying the tribute to them that need to be. So hold tight, because I might have a couple stouts. And then, okay. you know, I'm, I'm in the season. And explain to them about the seasons in beer, because okay. I don't think everybody knows that. So, like, if you're really super traditional about beer, um, beer, like, I guess, like everything, right? Like wine, like fashion, um, they exist in seasons. Mm-hmm. And so you would normally get something um, heavier and something that keeps you um, a bit warm. In the winter months. In the winter months. Okay. And so with spring, um, you get, you know, floral, citrusy, zingy, easy drinking ales. That spills into winter. So, I mean, sorry, (laughs) that spills into summer, which Mm -hmm. then leads you to, you know, very similarly. um, So you get a light golden ale or lager for summer to quench your thirst. Okay. And then... um, then later in the in the winter and fall months, you get something you can sink your teeth into. Okay. So you want something like what I'm drinking today. You want something that is like a Christmas beer or an imperial stout or stout or um, I can keep going doubles. Um, there are there are thicker, heavier beers that um, that one. Uh, have a thicker consistency, but mm-hmm. go down really thicker, have higher alcohol contents. And also, I, I assume that when beers were being made, I should really research this, but I'm assuming when beers were being made, this was made purposely to keep you warmer in winter months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it would be more, f- it would be filler. And, and, and similarly um, stated for spring and uh, summer beers, you, you get something lighter and nicer. Oh, Hefeweizen's perfect summer. Right, right. You know, because they're a little bit lighter and, and they're quenching. wheat, mm-hmm. they're unfiltered, right? Um, then they slip into things like Oktoberfest beers in the fall, in the yeah. fall, mm-hmm. and then you get things like um, Dunkles and, okay. and Doubles, and those are a lot thicker, which we've too. talked about before on the show, which so, we've talked and a we'll, lot. We'll definitely before. go back again, so sure. you'll definitely, you definitely yeah. have 
have um have those to look forward to so you know um but this one in particular is an imperial stout mm-hmm. um brewed with vanilla and cow cow cat cow nibs okay. and it's called night night Night, night. I feel like it's just a night, night, motherfucker. Like, yeah, right? It exactly. feels, it feels like that. It's really good, though. <laughs> I mean, it's I like really it. good. It's in a, it's made by the the Bradley Brew Project and the Bradley. Ugh, apparently, I can't speak. It's Listen, okay. if y'all fucks with astrology like I do, Mercury in retrograde, Again? no communication. Oh my God, forever. It's always like Texas. I just don't understand Mercury. It's not, it's not about you though. I got it. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, anyway, it's an imperial stout brewed with Bella and Cacao. Um, and what happens is they are out of New Jersey. Um, they're in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they are, I believe it's like 714, something like that. Okay. 714 Main Street, Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Right, we're going I, right to the address. Right. I mean, I guess whatever you want to okay. go follow it. Let's go get it. I mean, I just thought it was an interesting name because the the brewery is called Bradley Brew Project. I mean, now it un, now it's understood because they're obviously in this beach area named Bradley Beach. Um, but what what I really like about this beer is um, it's very smooth. It's um, it's very drinkable. Uh, a little bit can be a little bit heavier. Uh, I I think it's pretty good in comparison to some of the others I've had. It's it's a bit silky. Uh, uh, has a really good really good head. Um, nice and thick. Mm-hmm. And I think um, if you're looking for something a little bit dark. But not a milk stout. This is this is perfect. Yeah, it's real chocolatey for me. I like it a lot. Very chocolatey, very vanilla. So <sighs> I think that if you are in the market for something, also this this is a nice evening beer too. Like you know, you want to sip something at the end of the night. Okay. I mean, maybe you can even match this with a nice cigar. Oh yeah. If you're definitely, if you're into that. that, I could definitely see that. Well, I decided since you were doing that, I decided to crack open one of my. Favorite bottles uh, one of my good frat brothers gave me uh-huh. a year ago now, maybe two, during the pandemic. Yeah, I feel like it's like a year or two I ago. got this, and I've been holding on to it on my bar, mm-hmm. and uh, this Blanton's. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked about Blanton's before. This is the original single barrel Blanton's, and um, 93 proof, and I, I'm feeling that. I'm sipping it neat or on the rocks, as they recommend on the on the website. And uh, the beauty of Blanton's is that it was it used to be for ambassadors and special occasions and special people within the Blanton family. It's from Franklin, Kentucky, where all the best bourbon is made in, in Kentucky, by the way, folks. Let's not get it twisted. Um, this is it's 93 proof. And this is from the barrel dump on February 17th of 2020, which mm-hmm. lets you know. And then they even tell you. The barrel number, which was ninety-one, and I, and I have to say, it's it's very smooth. I enjoy it a lot. The bottle design is really cool. You know, it has that horse. You know, the jockey and the horse. Mm-hmm. Definitely all about Kentucky, and it just feels good. We just had Kentucky Derby last week, so it it fits. 
But I, I just really enjoying this, and um, it's bottle number 136. So I seem to know a lot about this bottle, which is cool because they put it all on the bottle, which is which is great. And I, I definitely recommend it. It has a lot of um, vanilla notes, and there's the oak and a little citrus uh, element to it. Um, really cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. And to Tawana's point, this would be something I would definitely sip. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another this is late sipping. night sipper. This ain't for all your guests but it's for your special guests this would be fantastic with a cigar for sure and um you know so it's one of those i recommend it's a little pricey but it's actually worth the money so if you if you have some some extra you want to throw at it pick it up because it's it's worth the trip you know what i'm saying so i I think it's one of those things you should try and it it complements tawana's beer 100 percent. yeah and i also picked my beer because our films are so dark (laughs) I mean, even Doctor Strange, I mean, when you think about the director, Sam Raimi, if you know anything about Sam Raimi, right? you know, the Evil Dead series is, and whatnot, <laughs> the franchise, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh it's pretty God. dark. And then think about it. it could have been darker. Could have been darker with yeah. Disney. Um, right. But then also, you think about this movie, um, Batman, and mm-hmm. even if you've just seen a trailer, it's super dark. Uh, the movie itself, and then you know, within the content, the thematic content, that's kind of dark. So, I think I think this played off well. All right, but before we jump into uh, the films, we just wanted to take a minute to to in industry news to honor two of our favorite professors from the new school who just recently passed, both mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. and we definitely wanted to give them some time to honor them. Um, and I, I'll let Tawana start. Um. Quite honestly, these have been some really heartbreaking uh, tales of loss. Um, We're not 100% sure about him, but um, we do know that we lost two amazing uh, professors who have had tremendous impact on our lives. One is the incomparable, amazing... um, Film professor Michelle Mater, who who apparently lost her battle with cancer on March 11th um, in White Plains, and she will sorely be missed. She Absolutely. was a a film historian, a leader for women in independent film. Her friend Nima and colleague Nima Barnett says that she was a force to be reckoned with. Michelle's love for the third world cinema and her lecture series, Creatively Speaking, uh, has helped hundreds of young visionaries make their films. Uh, So much so that Michelle's career pretty much starts out around the 90s, early 90s, and she was a co-founder of a very important uh, film distribution and marketing company named KJM3 Entertainment Group. that had directly managed to release over 23 films, uh, including uh, Julie Dash's Daughters of the Dusk. Which is an iconic film. Which is an iconic film. Julie Dash is the first black woman to have a feature-length film last in theaters for as long as it did. And and, and in fact, to even be released in, 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 in wide variety. So much so that it which it entered the Library of Congress's National Library of Film in 2004. Mm-hmm. Michelle served on many boards uh, of groups such as New York Women in Film and Television, 
uh, women make films, leadership group institutions, and including her, um, her of course, curated uh, series, Creatively Speaking, film series which she dedicated to women filmmakers and people of color. There's so much more to know about Michelle. She was a beloved professor at the Media Studies and Film Department in the New School. But if you want to look up Michelle Mater, you would have a litany of gems to find. Absolutely. Uh, if it wasn't for Michelle, Vaughn and I would have never met. We would have never met. I would have never even went to the to the new school. I would have never gone into the new school she, as well. She was the, the person that I met. I literally met her at a film uh, festival, uh, just an evening of film where local filmmakers in New York were showing their short films at a, at a screening, and she was there, and I was talking to her about, yeah, I was actually talking to her about NYU, mm-hmm. and she actually said to me, well, why don't you consider the new school? Check out the new school. I came, I audited a class, and that class happened to have Tawana Pettis in it, mm-hmm. and she kind of paired me with Tawana. Just because we was black, though. To kind of guide me, it, hey, it it worked, mm-hmm. and she paired us together to. It wasn't um, a lot of blacks back then in the new school. To uh, to sit in on her class, and she's like, just check it out, and it was about distribution, and and just she was so, she was so ahead of her game on on yes. distribution, and she was talking everything that we're dealing with now with streaming and all of that. She was so she was ahead on of that, that. Yeah. years ago, and we're talking two thousand and eight. Right. So I'm just so thankful to have met her. She was she was definitely a visionary. She was she was that kind of firecracker of a woman who got things done and made things happen. And, and she was just one of those people that will always inspire me. I'll always think about Michelle in what she bring what she brought to the film industry, what she brought to women in film mm-hmm. and, and and people of color in film. Yes. She was definitely about that. She was definitely and, committed and I, to those. Absolutely. One thousand percent. And and I just I'm I miss her greatly already, yes. and I'm I'm sad that we've lost her at such a young age because she was only 67, 67 when she passed. But you know, I'm glad her suffering is done and she's not suffering anymore. Yeah. But it's it's just it's just one of those things that teachers make a difference in, pe- difference a in difference. people's lives. And you know, and Tawana, and like I said, Tawana and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be. And and you know, as Tawana talks about John Friedis, who you'll hear about, mm-hmm. I think that. It just speaks to the fact that you just never know when someone's going to change your yeah. life. And, and and that's what she did for me and, and what John definitely has done along with yeah. Michelle yeah. for Tawana. So Tawana's going to talk about John a little bit. Um, and in just a sec, I just wanted to say, you know, Michelle taught in a number of ways. She taught mm-hmm. in very intimate ways. She taught yes. in very grand ways. And she just radiated her love for media and mm-hmm. and her students and immersing her students and colleagues and friends in this sort of like vernacular of the image. And um, Michelle was very important to us. My mom was in a film called Love and Diane mm-hmm. um, and was friends with the woman Diane and was a mentor of hers. And my mom actually had gone to this screening I had no idea about. <laughs> and it was talked to Michelle, right? Talked to Michelle about her daughter. Her daughter wanted to be this filmmaker her daughter was a huge lover of film and she wanted to be a part of this world and how can I help my daughter and Michelle told her similarly what she told Vaughn is that your daughter should check out the new school I'm teaching there another number of other colleagues are teaching there that could really have an influence on her career 
in education and you should go. And so that was one of the first things I said when I got to the new school. Um, I was like, you know, I told the advisor I want to take classes with Michelle Mater. It's the very reason why I'm here. Yep. Um, and that did eventually happen, and I gobbled up every class she ever t- she ever gave. Absolutely, I volunteered for whatever she needed, and then <laughs> <laughs> afterward, I went to creative speaking, yes. creatively speaking, yeah. um, along with Vaughn and the rest of our fellow uh, cinephiles. Right, so oh, for sure, <laughs> um, I too want to say, like you know, Michelle, I literally am emotional about it. Absolutely, I'm so thankful that you were in our lives. Yep. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't know what it would be like to be black filmmakers. Yeah. For me to be a, a black queer woman of color and for you to be so such a big proponent for supporting us in this way. You didn't have to and you did. Yeah. And, and she taught us that our voices you. mattered. Our know? voices mattered. We felt mm-hmm. included in mm-hmm. every way. And then she taught us how to, to commodify it and yes. make it accessible to the world and for that, I love you so much, and it really hit when we found out you passed. Right, for sure. We miss you, and we hope that you're so, so at peace. Yeah, we will continue to honor you. We will continue your legacy, mm-hmm. because that is what we have to do. You taught us to be great, and we will continue to teach others to do so as well. Yes, absolutely. The other one um, is John Freitas. So John Freitas was, was actually a New School alum and taught for over 25 years. And he uh, taught all aspects of film, including film theory, production, screenwriting. He created a number of courses uh, with topics like American International, Cinema of Horror, Technology, Science Fiction, Road Trip Movies. uh, It goes on and on. He taught film production, film aesthetics, and screenwriting at uh, Hofstra, as well as the New School, and uh, screenwriting at Pratt. He, besides being an associate teaching professor and the film program advisor and program coordinator at the New School Department of Media Studies and Film, John was also a development analyst who had sold a number of scripts to Warner Brothers, Sony Pictures, um, plays to Dustin Dustin Hoffman, Mandrake Productions, Canal Plus, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. He also... interviewed in a variety of publications and one of his greatest works was his remake of Brian De Palmer's Film Sisters. Oh wow. Um my story with John Freitas is when I first got to the new school, um, as a transfer student and a very apprehensive parent that I had and a dad <laughs> <laughs> who didn't want to stop my my Gold my Darryl. my passion right. for film but wanted me to be careful and to be sure. And so I went to this 101 class that John Freitas had. Mm-hmm. And this guy was bouncing around like a tennis match. It was like he was the ball and you would just watch him go back and forth. Okay. The passion he had um, hit me like a sponge. I mean, hit me like a brick rather than a sponge. Hit me like a brick because I, what was most important to me as a cinephile was getting my own uh rocket video mm-hmm. membership card separately from my parents <laughs> when I was a kid. And it was more important than my driver's license, if you can believe that or not. I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I'm a super commuter. Take that as it will. So this is as important as it was to me. It made me just such a huge cinephile. And to see this man um, 
resonate with my passion mm -hmm. and speak a language that I had been speaking to everyone who thought I was speaking a very foreign language. Uh, it, it was amazing. So when I got home that night, my dad asked me how classes went. And I said, I think I found my home because I've never met anybody else who's ever spoken the way I speak about film. Right. And he helped you to find your voice. He helped film. me to find my voice. He changed my life. He, we did later on, we did a one-on-one, -on -one, um, sort of like a, a mentor session that turned out to be an actual class. You can opt for if the professor would agree to it. Mm -hmm. That helped me to create a, my first film called the day of my birth. Um, and, I won a drama award for it at the new school. And actually, Michelle and John were instrumental in, in voting on that award, which I found out later after I received it. <laughs> so, I mean, for John, too, you were the craziest guy I've ever met in film. And I thank you. Yes. Because without you, I would have never found my voice. I would have never known I was a filmmaker. Yeah. I certainly would have never known I was a cinematographer. And, and I thank you guys. And I... We we don't know what happened to John, but he died of sixty. He was sixty. He was he sixty passed. years old, John Freitas, from New Jersey, and uh, rest in peace, John. You know. Yes, yes. I hope you're teaching film in heaven. Oh yeah. <laughs> or at least watching a lot of good movies. He and Michelle are shaking stuff up up there right now. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> but because of you, you left a legacy that was so long. Absolutely. I, I don't think you'll ever be forgotten. Yeah. yeah. So. Rest in yeah. peace, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to all the new school. Shout out to all the fans. new school alum. We love you all. And the currents. Yes. We love you all and we share in your, in your sorrow. And they're the reason why we're actually here today because this, this podcast actually came out of right. all of our time at the new school and sitting around having drinks and talking about the films that we were exposed to exactly. in, in class and how it impacted us. And, and then we just wanted to talk about them. And we would spend so much time after class just talking about all these movies and right. whatnot. And I think, and that's what brought us to here. So that's why we're here today, folks. And that's why we wanted to, you know, keep keep this conversation going. And so we're going to jump right into right. Doctor Strange. The best way to honor them is to analyze film. Absolutely. Let's so, do it. We'll jump into Doctor Strange uh, in the multiverse. Oh, yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi and starring Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Chewie Attell, EG04. Wow. You did it. You did it. That was crazy. This came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benedict Wong, um, Richard McAdams, and so on and so forth. It, it is a, a very... Oh, also, Lash, Lash, I gotta mention her. Mm -hmm. I mentioned to Lashana Lynch, she was Captain Marvel. She started as Captain Marvel. So, I mean, that must be a little blip to what's coming. Yeah, for um, sure. Because really, it's uh, what's the other girl's name? From all the Nissan commercials? Yes, Nissan commercial girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah her. Yeah. So, um,. <laughs> The synopsis of this film is Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens the doorway to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself whose threat to humanity is too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff. Hmm. You want to start? Yeah, let's go. All right. I mean, I was thinking about this. Um, 
it was a lot of movie. There was a lot was going a lot on in this movie. film. It was it over was, two hours. It was very movie. long. Um, I wanted to see it because I saw the first Doctor Strange. I wanted to see where they were going to go with this thing. Right. And I knew that, you know, WandaVision and all that, which is on Disney Plus, was going to be a big part of it. Yeah, there's a lot of tie-ins. Yeah, and then, you know, and I know where the multiverse and Spider-Man has been going. So I think it's, it was interesting. So I wanted to see it. And I know I was more of a fan of Dr. Stranger than Tawana was, but I, I yes. dragged her along in this one. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, what's interesting to me about this film, cause I'm really over Marvel and I've been over Marvel since, um, Logan. I've no, I've actually been no. over Marvel since the black Panther film. Oh really? But, I had to do Black Panther because I've been waiting on Black Panther my entire lifetime. You, you would have lost your card. And I'd have had to, I had to have <laughs> Black Panther in the, in the pantheon of films, even though I really have to give Wesley Snipes uh, credit for really being the first real Marvel yeah, film. Yeah, Blade. Blade was the first real Marvel yeah. film, and let's give him a shout out. Yes, for sure. Blade was fantastic. They're about to remake that. Of course they are. But, um, but, the point is, I think that in what I what I appreciate about the the multiverse is because to me it's 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 a metaphor for so many things about mm-hmm. life and how you make choices and, and, and things happen and or you, you something some experience happens that throws you off a path that turns you into something else or changes your trajectory and you know in life I think we're examples of that too mm-hmm. because. We've experienced so many things. Look at the fact that if it wasn't for John Friedis and Michelle Mateo, we would have never met. We would have never you know, met. And it was just that that connection that brought us together. Yes. You know, Chauncey and I meeting at, at TBWA Shy Day, right. that could have never happened, which brought us to right. this room today. So I think that... We met Alex, and Alex right. just joined the podcast on a whim right. just to help. Right, and, and so all these this. things... And that came out of work. So if you, work. if you think about how you meet people and how people come in and out of your lives, Absolutely. there is something to that. So I think what the metaverse really exemplifies is, is how your life can change in a, in a minute. And there are different versions of you. And, and you also have to look for those because yeah. sometimes you need to make a change. If that's Absolutely. a change in your job, if it's a change in your 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 relationship situation, mm-hmm. if it's a change in, in just where your you live, where you, you know, live. you could just move to where another part study? of the country. Right. So I think that that's what the metaverse ex- exemplifies to me. Sam Raimi, you know, when when we talk about him, because, you know, we've watched several of his movies in the past, Tawana. Yes, his classical stuff. Right. And so especially. I really, you know, it could have been, I really think that it could have been a little darker. It could have been more. It could definitely be darker. I mean, when you go in the landscape from Evil Dead right. to Army of Darkness to Dark Man to the Spider-Man movies. Right. There is so much. He's, he's got a lot. He's that He's that kind of director, but I think that, you know, to a point, I think he almost played it safe, but there, there are some elements of... But I mean, Disney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... And this yeah. whole Marvel and their their form of storytelling. They have a f- serious barometer of how they want things to go. Right. And so I think that he... Yes, this was good. I, I really think it that um, Cumberbatch is 
too talented for this role. Yes, we did discuss that. You know, I I just think he's he's too good an actor for this level of material. He but is. in Edgy of Four too, and in yeah. even Olsen, she Edgy yeah, of Four, Olsen, um, Charlize. Oh, we can't say too much. Yeah, um, let's let her let's let her live. But Rachel McAdams, we've seen McAdams. Rachel McAdams is another great. We've seen her in so Dr- many things. Uh, so I just think that I I don't understand why the 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 content of these movies is so basic, yeah. I, and and I know I'm not a Marvel fan as because I'm really a DC person. Yes, you are. And 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 the the storytelling in the DC universe is so much better than this thing that Marvel does. But, yeah. Because it's so it's so vanilla. It's so it's so basic. It's just like. Oh, uh, let me just tell this little story with this superhero with a cape and whatever bullshit. But I'm like, you you had all this opportunity. And not to say this was a it wasn't a bad film. It was just too long. It was one it was, it was too, long. too long. And and you know, the Scarlet Witch was the best part of this shit. She was wrecking I mean, shit. I love her. I love her darkness too. Right. I she mean, was, and that's what made it cool, because she was wrecking shit. I mean, but just like you know, I was getting some serious Evil Dead vibes, like as she walked around. And this is not spoiling anything, because I mean, if you looked at a trailer, you'd see what was happening. Like that whole scene where she's chasing them through all these different doorways. Yeah. And she has this like blood or some shit on her face. Right. But it's only on like a third of her face or a quarter of her face. And but it's dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you didn't know, if you actually don't know Sam Raimi, you'd be like, "Oh, this is pretty dark." Right, because this this is his wheelhouse. That's tame. Yeah, this is him. his wheelhouse. Yeah, so we're lucky. Him. A whole lot of shit didn't happen. Yeah, because it could have been bad. And and I because I thought it was coming with when Doctor Strange resurrected his dead self. I thought it was yeah. gonna come there. Right. And I was right. like, oh I'm, and I got all excited. I sat on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, uh-huh. it's getting ready to come. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh here we go. It's, it's Disney. It became Disney again. Yeah. You know, and I was like, all right, all right. You can't, okay. You can't I mean because if you really honestly, if you really want to see some true Sam Raimi and you're not aware of him, you could, you know, okay, so we got the Evil Dead, everyone knows this. But we got stuff like Drag me to hell. Oh my God. We got the, a simple plan, which is fucking a brilliant. Simple plan is amazing, and it's coming back. I really love the Quick and the Dead. Okay, yeah. Sharon Stone, yes. Western, but yes. that's like a total like different thing for him. So cool. I dude. mean, you got Dark Man. You've got um, he did a, a Shakespeare short. There was there was so many different things he did. The Gift is his. Oh, the, it is. Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful. These are all director. Uh, well, the gift is magical. I but need you to check it also, out. But he is also, yeah, the gift is magical. He's also doing something called World War Three. So who knows Where, what yeah. what's coming for him? Yeah, this, he's done a lot of TV. I, I feel like this was paying for another movie he was going to. Well, I feel like this in the in the Spider Man movies yeah. was making him mainstream because he was an independent filmmaker like us. Like yeah, yeah. he created this whole system where the the camera was following. Like running through the woods in mm-hmm. Evil Dead. So if you're an Evil Dead fan, you understand this. It's yes, like that POV flying, shot. That POV shot mm-hmm. of it like flying through the woods. Right. It was him 
on the roof of a fucking van with a two by four and a camera and he would rock either side of the two by four with his hands. Right. I mean right. this guy paid his fucking due, so yeah, if you gotta make did. some some Disney films and make yeah, some let's, cash, let's get some money. You go right ahead. And so he's getting some money because it's the number one film and people have seen yes. it over and over and over again. Yes. I posted in our in our social. I think that, you know, it, it's it's good that we have his caliber of filmmaker Agreed. to to do these kinds of things because it also changes the game a little bit. It's not as safe as some of the other things that we've seen. Agreed, yeah. But I think that Marvel needs to change the game a little bit and stop being so uh, comic book and more... Well, I think they're like, selling to their audience. Yeah, they are. And I guess their audience is Americans and basic Our audience and is sad. a family American. But I'm just like, oh, God. But, okay, sure. You know, but I just, when you have all this talent and you have Cumberbatch, this this motherfucker, unfortunately, we were not able to give you the, the power of the dog, which was. Yeah, we were reviewing it, but we've we were had some technical to issues. Review that. But this man is an actor. Yeah, okay. full actor. And 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 the level of talent that he could bring to it. And just imagine him in, in EGO4. EGO4. The, the way they were working that scene. Yeah. It was so good. The scene where like, they meet. Their, yes. He meets EGO4's alter ego. Right. Uh, um, that multiverse yes. version. So it's just how cool that was. And just the idea of moving from, from the... All these different universes. All these that different you can universes. In, that is a powerful experience, and so if you could actually have that, and you could have actors that delivered that yeah. in a way, because they did that, even just right. in so many, so many different incarnations, right. which is cool. Right. But you know, I think that you know Hollywood, they just keep us so. It's well, that you know. I'm so tired of the dumbing it's, down. It's also, I need, it's also I need political, right? So it's a political. It's a political engine. You yeah. know, Disney's got its own troubles right now with politics. Right. Yeah. Um, Thanks to y'all Republicans trying to ruin everything for everybody, and right. including Disney. And so, like, Disney Disney has a level of doing things in a different way. Yeah. And so they're trying to make sure things work how they should. Yeah, so, and, and, and you know what? Considering the fact it could really just be cartoons. I mean, also, way. It, it could also be really dark. So, like, the cinematographer for this is... Uh, believe i'm pronouncing it john matheson mm-hmm. um john matheson has done another of other films he also was the cinematographer of logan mm. uh he did phantom of the opera he did gladiator he did pan um he's done fantastic films yeah he's done so many the man from uncle 47 ronin Oh wow! I mean, I like he's that. done. He's done. I can't even say all. Some really the things. cool films. Yeah, I can't say all the things he's done because he's done some Matchstick Men, you know, so many Hannibal. Wow. Uh, Madonna, American Pie, music videos out the. <laughs> wow. He's done a lot. He's done yeah. a lot of work, but I can see, I can see the the. How it resonates with Logan. Yeah, for sure. And um, and I think that. They were trying to do something new in the in the guise or the uh, what do they call it the the restraints in which they had to stay within for yeah yeah for, for Disney. Sure. But with that being said, I mean one of the most to me one of the most fantastic scenes besides that one scene when so it's not Wanda, it's the Scarlet Witch that's going right. through all those different. Right. Doorways that yeah. they're trying to shut her out from. 
And so Dr. Strange and America Chavez, which is who he's trying to save, um, they, at one point in another scene, fall through multi-universes at once. And it goes from like a paint scene to like a zombie scene to like all these different worlds. His face starts to break apart in one. um, And they're just on and on and on. And it's a continuation of just like, a variety of worlds that and that's movie making magic falling through. And so I think this is, um, this is, um, this is, you know, the, the work of Sam Raimi, the work of John Matheson, the work of, um, uh, Benedict and, and, and yeah, various actors that are in there. I just think that, um, they tried to be dark. Yeah. But they couldn't be as dark as they could just because. And I like your your theory on the multiverse. We right. we talked earlier and you were uh, comparing it to the pandemic. Yeah, because I think the pandemic is is an example of the multiverse. For the multi- sure. Yeah, because we've, we change. We've we've definitely changed. It's changed us. It's changed the way we live. It's changed the way we work. It's changed everything about our experience. And I'm I'm I just think that. You know, it's going to open up some new opportunities for us. But, you know, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy time that we live in and in that, you know, we have more opportunities now. And some people, un- unfortunately, some people have less. Mm-hmm. But I think that it has opened up a new way of thinking about and, and, and all this time that we're spending with ourselves because we haven't had that ability to do that before. And, and just so I think that. These are the kinds of examples. But the thing about this film that I think works the best is that we're in a we're in a place where we can see these kinds of opportunities and and, and the superhero hero landscape is changing. Yeah. And so I think that hopefully we will keep moving forward with that. And so I'm gonna for me, in my review of this film as far as numbers, out of the one to five Five being the greatest, mm-hmm. one being not so much. Right. I one being think, trash. Right. Let right. Me say trash. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this a 3.75. Yeah, I'm not going to give it that. I'm going to give it a 3.5 just on the cinematography efforts of yeah. it alone. I think that these actors deserve so much more, but maybe they're making the money to make the money. Right. And trying to, you know balance their uh sort of repertoire of work right yeah. and honestly i'm fucking over it yeah, I'm, I'm done I'm, with these I'm comic so book movies i don't care if you make it into a graphic novel whatever the fuck you want to do i don't care about superheroes in pajamas anymore i do not care <laughs> i don't care about black panther either i don't care about none of them they're all cartoons they're all comic books and yes for the people who love comic books bravo to you Live your truest life right now because this is your shit. But I can't watch one more smash grab. I'm changing my clothes. I don't really exist in real life. I'm saving the world. I don't care. I need horror. I need drama. I need Hollywood to get their shit together because I know the pandemic is is kicked their ass. Let's go. Bring it on back because I can't do no more of these popcorn movies because I'm done. Okay. Two and some change. Give me a fucking break. Ain't that much to say. And then I gotta stay for the credits to watch what's happening afterwards. By the way, there's an after credit scene. Yeah, there's two. Two. Oh, you saw two? There's two. Shit, I left. 
I saw oh, so one. you missed the last one? I missed. I saw. I saw the one with old girl. You told me not to say her name. There was the one after that. Yes, there was. Ah, fuck it. I'll look. You at You left. Right I was which tired. Was, which was an homage to what? To Evil Dead. Oh fuck! Now I gotta look it up. Oh my Damn, god! Damn, that was the one I wanted to the see. Water left. I was okay. over it. All right, but all right, I'll watch it. All right, so. And now I want to flip to a, a better movie yes. and a better storytelling so, of yeah. a comic of a comic book character. Yes. And that will be the Batman. That would be the Batman. So Batman. Oops, sorry guys. Get it together. She's got it. She's got I, I it. I got it. Got it. Sorry. We were Com- watching a little bit of it. Computer today again. issues. All right. So the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Patterson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, and on and on and on. Karen, uh, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, um, and and many more. Uh, synopsis is when a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption. And question his family's involvement in it. Mm. Um, I like the Batman. Me too. I did. I really was clowning Robert Pattinson. I was she like, was. "How are we going to get this dream bean? <laughs> this dream bean emo ish, yeah. um, tiny ass little pale boy into being the man that Batman is?" Right. right, right. I'm thinking just, just I'm um, Kristen Bale. Right. I'm mm-hmm. thinking. I'm thinking, no, fuck them other guys. It's only Kristen Bale. Kristen I'm thinking Bale Kristen Bale all day. And the first one. No, no, no. I'm not giving him no respect. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I mean, really, I got to give it to him? All right, I'm going to give him the first one. Well, uh, what's his name? This guy. Are you serious? All right. Just tell me the guy's name then. He was in. Um, you see, you don't have God. his name. I'm, I just blanked out. But it was, it was the Tim Burton Batman. Yes, the Tim Burton Batman. Oh God! And he was, oh God! What's the number? What's his name? Uh, I'm gonna have to pull it up with my phone because okay. I'm upset about it. Because you just disrespected him, and he's uh, such. I'm an sorry actor. for me. I'm sorry for. I mean, I mean, he's not a bad actor, but for me, it's really just this one Batman. You talking no. about Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton, yes. All right. Michael Keaton was, was a in, great Batman. All, right. he was all, all right. the others have paled in comparison, and then there was. And then Christian there was Bale. Christian Bale. Yes. All but right. and but Pattinson, what Pattinson did, and what I love about this film, because this was a a procedural thriller. This was not your typical comic book Doctor Strange kind of bullshit. This was actually a thriller. And this was a bit of a graphic novel brought to life. Definitely. And it, it felt good. It looked good. The, the, it was it was noir come to life for sure. It was noir come to life Tawana for sure. Tawana and I watched it again this morning because we yeah. wanted to just see it again. But I think that, you know, I think that what, what was cool about it was there was just so much visual energy and the story was intense and the story yeah. wasn't cartoonish. No, you had it something that it could was really very adult. Right. And, and you had murder, death, kill, and I'm I'm happy about that because yeah. the problem that we spend so much time with is that we think every comic book character has to be fucking Marvel. Right. And and the thing that DC does better is that DC really brings you some intense stories. Everybody's not happy. Everybody yeah. had had a good fucking life. Right. You know, it, it's not 
for children. No, this is not for children. It's for adults. It's for adults. It was, and And that's what graphic novels are. Exactly. And you know, we watch a lot of things from from The Walking Dead to you know that Black Summer thing that we watch. Mm -hmm. We watch these kinds of films, and I I think that because we're all graphic novels, right? And we're adults. We want to see some. You know, it can you can be a a superhero, right. but you can also have a life. Yeah. You know, Batman had a life. Alfred has a life. Bruce Wayne has a life. Right. There's some experiences that you see in the in the right. Selena Kyle as Catwoman. She was she had a life. They have very adult life. Right. It wasn't this bullshit. Oh, yeah. let me jump around with a cape. I mean, this was very much um, gave me very much seven vibes. Yes. Yes. With um, Brad Pitt and Morgan Absolutely. Freeman, I mean it. It 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 felt also a little bit like Logan, which what I really loved about Logan was it was so adult. It wasn't mm-hmm. childlike. Right. Really, really loved that. Um, you know, I really liked that it was shot like a dark thriller detective drama, a noirish film with mm-hmm. all its low lights and its emo music. I mean, I'm pretty sure they was playing Nirvana. It was super oh, yeah. grungy. The music was fantastic. The music was nice. Very elemental. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of. Uh, Shooting through the rain, shooting. So when I say elemental, I mean shooting through all these like weather conditions, rain and wind and darkness and low light and this. Right. We had was, neon. We had, we had everything. Ne- lots of neon, which is very noirish. You know, it's just thematically dark and thematically darkly acted. You right. know, because we had really good. First of all, high points to Colin Farrell as Oz, who's really the penguin. Right. In this amazing makeup. You can totally make unrecognizable. Him out. Barely make him out. Paul Dano, new school alum. He was in one of my classes. And I love And when him. the teacher asked where he was, we were like, the Oscars? Right. So <laughs> talented. We were like, uh, as the Riddler, amazing. This guy is grossly understated. Totally. Grossly understated. He might like it that way. He's yeah, very low-key in class. Does. I think he but, does. You know, this is this is... You know, this this is an amazing young actor, and he's been in so many things. Please wow. look him up. Yeah, I uh, mean, I could just go through it, but it's not his necessary. Performance, you his can performance look up was fantastic. Paul Dano, and really just already see from the very jump all that he's done. And of course, we understand Colin Farrell. Um, how many things has Colin Farrell been in that has been like dark and crazy? I mean, okay, Paul Dano, there there will be blood. Little Miss Sunshine, which is the mo- which was the movie he was in. Yeah, he was shooting while that, he was in the new that, school. That while well, he was in the new school, and he yeah. was up for an Oscar, or at least he had to be there for the Oscars. Twelve Years a Slave, Love and Mercy. I mean, the guy's been on a lot, a lot of stuff. And he's young, and he's still gonna be and working. He's young, and he's still working. Yeah. And I think you know, just take a look and see what what he's doing because he will never disappoint you. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, um, yeah, I mean, I like this better than I thought it would. Yeah, you were you were resistant at first because of Robert Pattinson. Hella resistant, and so many other so many other Batman fans were resistant, and then they saw it and they were like, "Oh my God, this is what Batman was supposed to be!" Right. And I think it it's because it's it's similar to Christopher Nolan's Batman. Yes, it is very but it, much. It brings a different element to it. Right. And 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 I think that to your point, because you always talk about. Gotham being a character within the movie, right, right, right. it was a it was a real setting. You felt like you you understood what Gotham was. Right. It wasn't a caricature like it was in Tim Burton's no, 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 Batman, no. but it was still a place that you could understand. And the way they shot 
Gotham City. Yeah. You know, with the subways and those wet yeah. streets and that the crime and yeah, all the water. elements. Of, Gave you a lot of taxi. Yeah, you like, felt. Oh, not taxi. What's uh? What is that? Oh God, not taxi. Oh. Are you thinking about taxi driver? Thank you, taxi driver. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of, of elements of that because you explored the city and it didn't feel like a set. No, it, it didn't felt feel like, like a set. you were actually here in New York. Yeah. And and the way it was shot, and I was telling telling Tawana the Maison Sin of how they used the frame yeah. just was so perfect because so much was happening. It wasn't right. just the character, the the main characters right. in the in the the main part of the shot. It was so much happening. Right. beyond them that you could see yeah so just 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 the clear little corner phrase there mezzanine means place on stage everything right. happens within the frame the frame doesn't cut we don't move you mm -hmm. are held hostage within within the image itself and you're made to feel the intensity of film and right. and of the frame and what they did a lot of the times is they did foreground background right focus on the foreground focus on the background telling a story visually within the actual frame. And so the filmmaker's name is uh, Matt Reeves out of um, Rockville Center, no less. Who Long knew? Island. Who fucking knew he was from Long Island? Um, <laughs> apparently, he was good friend, he's good friends with J.J. Abrams as well. They were both like 13 years old that. at like a public access cable station. I can see Who that. the hell knew that? But, you know, Matt Reeves is a very good filmmaker, Um He's done Bat the Batman, of course. Let Let Me In, which is oh, remake of Let the let Right One In, in yes. from the one of my favorite Swedish yeah, films. One of my famous vampire oh, Swedish yes. films. You wouldn't so, think it's a vampire film. So so good. And children are the main characters. So so, so good. I watch both. Both yes. were good. Yes. Um Watch the Swedish one and the American. Yeah, version. and he did. Uh, he did the 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 two. He did all the. Planet of the Apes films, which, which were, were very, really good. good, really, really good. We actually um, reviewed those, so if you go back, you'll yeah, see we those. reviewed them. And so, you know, he's done, he's done. Oh, how could I forget Cloverfield? Oh yeah. I mean, he he originated a lot of that genre. So it was, um, what was the one Blair Witch Project? And then it was him, and he mm -hmm. did it better because it was all that. It was all shaking. that hand that mm -hmm. the found footage shit. And so, yeah, he did a really good job. And he's, I'm, I'm, I was happy to see that he has been synonymous in jumping forward in that. But with that being said, he, I've saw an interview with him and he said, you know, a lot of times you see Gotham and you don't know what Gotham is. It's an innocuous uh, city. He said, but when you see Spider-Man, they talk about Queens. So, you know, it's New York. Right. When you see Sunnyside um, and all of that, right? When you see all, there's a few other uh, comics that I can't recall right now that they talk about specific locations, mm -hmm. but Gotham is Gotham, right? right. Um, you know, sort of like Batman. I mean, Spider Man. I mean, oh God, sorry, Superman. Right. Superman is Metropolis. Right, Metropolis. It's all based out of New York. I mean, you can really see, even though this is Gotham, they speed by this venue, and that's totally Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. Um, it, the subways are totally New York City subways. Mm -hmm. So he said he needed to make sure that Gotham was an actual character in this, and that's why you feel so you feel so connected to it because the streets, the the overhead stations, the the subways, the the venues like Madison Square Garden and various parts of the city, like right. you can see that's obviously New York, but it's Gotham. So he made it sure it was made a character. And it and it feels right. It does. There's so few films that try it. 
Yeah. But it actually feels right. Yeah, it actually feels All the way down like to it. the subway. And granted, they, they chose subways from the 80s, but it, it's totally but feels. It's, it's Gotham. Gotham would be subways like from that. the 80s. And pretty much right now, we're living in it. We're, yeah, so. we're about in the 90s. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> so, living our know, best it, Gotham it, life right it now. It gave me all of that. Now, I'm so, I was so pleased with it. As a as a Batman fan, because everybody that knows me knows that I'm a Batman fan. Big so Batman I've been fan. waiting on big, this. Big, big, big Batman fan. I've been waiting on this one, and it and it did not disappoint me. And you know, um, our boy over here, Chauncey, had some issues with with uh, Zoe. Zoe, but she she was. But you weren't wrong, because I you know I like Zoe. Also, I've loved her mother my whole life. Yes. Um, and and also because not because you know fucking. Uh, Lisa Bonet is fucking gorgeous liquor off a plate situation. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> but the thing and add her with Lenny Kravitz and then you get this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not surprising. And um, yeah, when you said when you told me what Chauncey said, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I yeah. was like, true. But her. The, the her sexuality, her swag, yes. is what makes her. And and yeah, like we were saying, we think she swag. just needs better work. Yeah, she just needs more and more work. I think doing she the just kind needs of more. She's gonna work. do because I, I think she's willing to take a chance, and I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, she, she's willing to work and she's do a crazy stunningly stuff. Stunningly beautiful woman. Yeah, completely beautiful. And all beautiful. she really, really has to do is just to be there. Yeah, and be all of that, and just the way she walks into a room. Yeah. Is is what sells the story. I don't give a. I don't yeah, care no. about her expressions. No. I know she's gonna work on those. She'll get those as, as she grows into this acting game. Because she's she's always around fantastic actors. So yeah, she she does good work, and I think they put her in in the space to do the good work. But I think she needs. Um, she's done some some grittier pieces, but I think she needs more of it. I think I think now's the time for her to get deep because she needs some. I mean, awards are awards, but she does need some accolades, and yeah. I don't think she has enough of them. Yeah, she needs she needs to get those. And it doesn't matter to her probably. No, no and it, her and her it, parents. Yeah, I don't think it really matters. I mean, fucking it, Lenny Kravitz it, alone. It didn't matter to Lisa Bonet. No, so and it doesn't I, matter to him. I totally get it. Yeah, I totally get that, but. She but, can walk into a room. But I also had the same reaction to Pattinson. When I used to see Pattinson. Now, remember that movie we were going to see? I was just like, lump. The, the I watched movie, him do a Q&A like he was doing us a favor. He's, I'm like, he's get that the guy. fuck. You, what are you shy about? You're a fucking multimillionaire actor. You're, uh, but I'm what so, I appreciated I'm so about so it. Don't come to a Q&A. Remember though. that movie where he was, the, he was saving his drug addict brother and it was mm. all this... Crazy shots and and lights and yeah, all those are the brothers that made that uncut gems. Yes. Okay. So I know he has it because I thought he was the same that you Chauncey thought about Zoe. Right. What he showed me in Batman was that there's there's more to him than that. There's a way whole lot more than the fucking Twilight saga. Oh well, yeah, he regrets that. And and you know I think that it it shows that actors as actors can experience a lot of different things and they can try different things and they can move to those kinds of elements. And I feel like right. both of those young people Yeah, they're going to be better. There. They'll his, get there. His film was called Good Time. Yes. And we, time. Were, we, were, we were literally going to review that. Right, we, directed by the, uh, the, the Safdie brothers yes. who did Uncut Gems, which is 
Yes. We reviewed that. Mind fucking blowing. Yes. If you want to, you, you probably should drink after it. Yeah, or whatever, we, whatever we you feel you, you need to do because it's a it's a it's a ride. So I'm assuming good time is that yes. similar ride. I just wanted to talk briefly about um about the cinematographer, please, whose name because we're we're gonna be wrapping up soon. The cinematographer whose name is Greg Frazier. He's an Australian guy, mm-hmm. um, and you will know him because he most notably shot. Dune, oh, Rogue yay. One, Zero yay. Dark Thirty. You know, this guy is in it to win it for these type of films. Oh, that's why it looks so good. That's why it looks so good. He did Foxcatcher. He did The the Gambler. He did oh, Kill Them Softly. You know, he did Snow White and the Huntsman. Like, this guy nice. knows Let Me In. So, oh, so him he, and Matt Reeves have, he a, understands. Have, yeah. a, have a background together. Yeah. They've worked together. You know, the boys they are communicate. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've... Uh, he's done eight. He's done. He's done a lot, a lot of films. Um, but so it makes sense that the films look this way. And so, to his credit, you know, I try to always shout out to cinematographers and 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 get people to look at their other pieces so you can see how their storytelling style evolves. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an evolution. Yeah. And what's so important about a film because people don't really understand that. It's not just about the story. It's about the visual storytelling. Yeah, that's and, very important. And I the mean, beauty of it, because it, it can just be so, what we think as of as so basic, but it's, right. it, it changes the game. Well, film is not just what we hear. It's also what we see. It's right. also how we feel. It's, it's an amalgamation of things. That's why it's a craft, right? Everybody comes together to make this amazing work. I mean, that music wouldn't have been, if there was no music in these scenes that they added that grunge music in, that would have been amazing. That whole tussle scene with him and Selena Cowell, you know, him right. as in Batman and Selena Cowell, I was, I was saying to you, listen to that instrumental. It was like tick, 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 yeah. tick, yeah. tick, 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 tick. I mean, come on. People like Hans, Hans Zimmer like, right. exist because there is an orchestral type of, vibe that goes on with it as well you know um um i forget the guy who does who does us spike lee's work oh yeah terrence blanchard terrence blanchard who Mm -hmm. also just did an uh uh uh, an opera at the met Met. Mm -hmm. so you know in and that was new for him so it's just like all these elements uh we always talk about acting and 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 wardrobe and makeup and art design. Yes, that's all brilliant and fantastic. But cinematography is also really important. Yep. Yep. Um, music is really important. Foley artists are really important. Those yeah, are the people sounds. that made sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, just on and editing. Post is very important. That's where all the catching gets put together and the things get sort of snatched together to make this perfect piece at the end. I mean, it's a huge collaborative effort. So never forget that film is is that. Yeah, um, you sure. are you are not a lone soldier in this ever, and so um, this is pretty much what why we paid homage to these yes. professors because they Absolutely. taught us these things. Vaughn, I could not be me without Vaughn, and I, I feel like the same way goes for Vaughn. Absolutely, you know Vaughn, how we got together, we were in a class together, and Vaughn was like, "I need a second, I need a second cinematographer because my cinematographer is gonna leave me." Boom, that's how we got together. Yep. Could I be? 
a better filmmaker when Ron is my producer? Absolutely. Because the people I want to kill are the people who irritate the fuck out of me and I can't do my job. I'm going to go to my producer and I'm going to yeah. say, listen, this yeah. guy's an asshole. Can we figure out how to get around him? And the beauty of it is that I knew, I knew that Tawana has a certain eye. And I tell people all the time, I need Tawana to shoot it because I know she's going to know exactly mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Because she has an eye for yeah. the visual. She knows exactly the, the way the story needs to be told Absolutely. visually and how to shoot that. Because if you don't know how to shoot it, it's just a thought on paper. It's just it doesn't mean anything. And it but doesn't. if you don't know how to pick up that camera, look in that camera and get that in the scene, it does right. not matter. And that's the one beautiful thing that Tawana does well. Oh, thank and, you. Thank and, you. And, and, and it's all part of the filmmaking process. Yeah. And so it's whether, a community. Whether you're watching a film in the theater, because we're somewhat back in theaters now, yes. or you're watching the- movies at home, right. it is still the same process. And Absolutely. all those people have to be acknowledged. And once again, John and Michelle, John and Michelle. taught us all about what that means. Taught us all so, the facets. You know, we, we've gotten here, and, and I'm gonna have to give I'm gonna have to give the Batman. I'm gonna give the Batman a four and a half. I'll give it a solid four, four and a half too. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was stunningly beautiful. I think um, I think it deserves a real second viewing. Mm-hmm. Watch it, watch it in a dark room. I'll watch it at night because right. that shit is dark. Right. I had to turn the TV up. Yeah, we had to adjust the television. But you know, <laughs> it, it's I think it's worth it because I think when you first see things, you're sort of hit in the face with the flash and the bash and all that. And I think the second time around, it gives you time to really appreciate the nuances and the craft itself. And even if you don't know what I'm saying and it sounds like just pure gibberish, um, you will notice things that you've never noticed before. And you will notice these, maybe you'll take away the performances that we just mentioned. You'll be like, all right. Because Chauncey's going to watch it again and see Zoe in a different way. He he ain't going to care. But he may see Robert in a different way. I don't know. He's going to try. But, you know, he feel away, and I respect that because I feel away about certain films. But, yes, solid, solid four and a half. And uh, I think, I think it's time for us to go. What you yeah, think? I think so too. But take your you last sip. Sit around. Have yes. a good time. If you cheers haven't watched you. these films, cheers to you, Vaughn. Cheers to our amazing professors. Yes. Michelle Mater and John Freitas. Thank Absolutely. you for adding a black guy and a black girl together in one room. Yes. Making magic. <laughs> for sure. See you next Absolutely. time. Absolutely. This is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. If you like everything that you heard here today, please be sure to like, share, follow us on all our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, um, where we host on SoundCloud, but we're also on Apple and Spotify. Apple and Spotify. More to come. Yes. But we thank you for showing up here and listening to us ramble for a little bit. (laughs) This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. Peace.